We want to experience that God kind of love, don't you? We want to be able to experience that. You know, the Bible tells us that God is love. Everybody say that with me. God is love. So when we love, it's the essence, it's the presence. It is actually who God is. So uh, I'm excited to be able to, to give you the word this morning. I am excited about the word of God. I'm excited about the praise and worship. How many of you know, I think we're going to another level. I think we're getting in richer and deeper and fuller. The, uh, the ushers are going to hand out um, some handouts for you. Richard, have you got some others that can help you be able to do that? Um, Robert, you want to help him real quick hand out some of those? Um, Lon, if you would, give, get some from Richard and maybe help him cover that section over there if you can get around and be able to do that. He's going to hand you out. Um, I know you guys, once you get it, you start looking at it, you start reading it, and then you, you kind of tune me out <laughs> once you be able to get it. But I want you to hold on to that. We're going to get into that, and it's, it's the Passion Translation. We're going to look at Romans chapter 8, because we're going to step into real quick about walking in the Spirit. Say, walk in the Spirit. We walk in the Spirit, and we've been talking about the challenge for you to be able to walk in the Spirit. You've been challenged to walk in the Spirit. We've talked about what the flesh is, the, the, the sin nature. We've talked about how we operate in that. It tells us in, um, in Galatians chapter 5, it gives a whole list of what is about in the flesh, but it also comes back and talks about what's in the Spirit and to be able to walk in that Spirit. I might get that water from you right there, if you will. I want, I want us to be able to continue to, to, to walk in the Spirit. How many of you would be able to give me, anybody, give me a testimony of somewhere this week they had to make a decision to walk in the flesh or walk in the Spirit? Would anybody be willing to come on up and share about an opportunity that they may have had to walk in the Spirit and they realized, hey, I need to be walking in the spirit on that. Anybody? Okay, I'm not letting you off the hook. Next week, I need testimony. Amen? We overcome by the, the, the word of our testimony. Amen? By the blood of Christ and the word of our testimony. I don't want to be the only person that can tell you, and maybe we're just afraid to say, I was, I was walking in the flesh or I operated in the flesh. And, and I'm telling you, I'm transparent. You guys know me. I mess up, but I want to be real quick to forgive and to ask for, for forgiveness and begin to walk in that spirit. And I want to be able to identify when I do stumble and fall and then how I can begin to walk in the spirit. Hey, I got somebody. And this is just a little thing. But I was, I was studying, reading the Bible. I was... I was deep into what I was doing. Have you ever been that way? What I was doing. And I heard God say, you need to call somebody. And I said, well, Lord, I'm busy. I'm really, I'm doing this other stuff for you, you know. Well, I, I went back to it, and I heard the voice again. You need to call somebody. A person, really. So I thought, well, praise God, I'm going to walk in the Spirit. I, I mean, I thought about what you said, and so I made the call. It was actually to Winona. And she was so glad I called, and we visited and visited and visited. And I, I know it cheered her up. I, I don't know that we we had anything we were trying to work out. It's just that she, she would like to be remembered or thought about, as every one of you are that way too. Me too. So when I hung up the phone, I thought, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for doing that. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. See, a lot of times we're thinking about it's just, it's something, you know, big and huge and, you know, life earth shattering, but it really is somebody lays somebody on your heart and, or, you, or you see somebody or you want to pray for somebody, you want to talk with somebody, 
you, you want to be able to take that time and try to do it and work that in. So that connection that's there, that's part of walking in the Spirit. And we're going we're gonna to learn and grow as we do that, as we, as we do that. I want you guys to, to be able to be transparent, to say, you know, I stumbled you know what I mean? The Holy Spirit spoke to me and I really should have done this, but I didn't do this. Or I should have went this way and I didn't. And and then some might say, well, I should have went that way. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me about going that way. And I avoided an accident over somewhere else. Are you with me? So we got to be led by the Spirit, walk by the Spirit. Um, in Galatians chapter 5, real quick, I'll give you a little bit of review and then I want to get to somewhere today. But Galatians chapter 5, verse 25. It says, if we live by the Spirit, let us walk by the Spirit. And we've been learning, we've been learning and we've been growing that that word walk is not, is, it's an active word. It is to walk and continue to walk. It also means to live. Everybody say live. It means to live. So if we are going to live in the Spirit... We walk by the Spirit. It's active that we do that, whether it's getting somebody and the Lord says, call this person or pray for this person. So I'm, I'm going to give you an, an example that I had. Um, the Lord had quickened me one day to send out a few texts saying, I am praying for you today. And I sent out a text to an individual and I saw them later and they grabbed me. And they were like, hey, hey, you know what? I needed you to be praying for me. And then they went on to tell me what was going on in their life. And when they were sharing with me what was going on in their life, I'm telling you, it had to have been walking in the spirit that connected that. Because I don't normally text this person. I don't normally, I'm not around this person very much. But that person was on my heart. Who's on your heart today? That maybe through a text through a Facebook post, Instagram, maybe just pick up, do it the old-fashioned way, and pick up the phone call and phone and reach out and touch somebody. And you could be able to talk to them. Or who is on your heart that you can say, Lord, I've prayed as I was walking in the Spirit and prayed about a person, and then later in the day, here I am walking like at a grocery store, and guess who's at the other aisle? that very person that the Lord had laid on my heart that I prayed for them. And I was able to go over and say something about praying for them. So when we're talking about walking in the Spirit, it's not hard to do. It is led by the Spirit. I believe that as you walk in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, your spirit and the Holy Spirit are joined together. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, you're made one with Him. Corinthians says we're made one with Him in spirit. So as we walk in the Spirit, so step by step, we should be walking in the Spirit. Everybody say step by step. See, a lot of times we just want to run and say, okay, I got it. Well, no, you really don't have it. You know, I've tried to run and try to get it myself, and I can do it better, Lord, and we got it, and I understand it. Fine, don't tell me anything more about walking in the Spirit. Well, then you probably need to be walking in the Spirit if that's your attitude. Amen? So when we look at that, we've got to realize that he wants to do it step by step. And we've got to know that the Spirit, we learned that the Spirit does a couple of things. Number one, it produces life. Everybody say life. So John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. It's real easy to see what's going on in the world. If it is stealing... If it is killing, if it is destroying, it's the thief. If it's life, it's God. Oh, come on. He is the author of life. Amen? So not only the Spirit produces life, but also the Spirit produces truth. In fact, the Spirit is truth. The Holy Spirit. We walk in the Spirit. We walk in God's truth. Because I want God's truth. I want you to walk in God's truth. And there is a contrast that's there. There's a contrast between what the enemy wants to bring in your life and what God wants to bring in your life. And we're talking a little bit about that on Wednesday nights. We have launched into a message about the kingdom of God on Wednesday nights. And I'm here to challenge you 
there may be some things that we're going to learn on Wednesday nights that you've probably never heard before. And then there may be some things that are going to challenge you because you heard it one way and then we're able to break it down and get an understanding of another way. So I want to encourage you to be able to join us Wednesday nights at 6.30. I believe that walking in the Spirit is about the transformation of your life. Everybody say transformation. That, that is the transformation. We, we are being transformed. As I'm walking in the Spirit and not in the flesh, how many of you know my life is being transformed? I, I was thinking about some of the principles, and Shelly and I had, have had conversations over the last few days about talking about walking in the Spirit and what are some of the principles, and that you can see Matthew makes a turn. Are you with me? And he comes to know Jesus. And we might say, well, that was before Jesus died. And now we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We invite him into our lives. Listen, if you've not, you want to walk by the Spirit and you've not walked by the Spirit, you're going to have to walk by the Spirit, first of all, by becoming born again. By giving your life to Jesus Christ. By when you do that, then you begin to walk it out. We call it walking out our salvation or, or, or walking out our sanctification. Are you with me? That we're walking through this journey and we're stepping through this. And I want to get to that here in just a little bit when we look at some of the scriptures. So I believe that like Romans 12 too, I think if, did I have Romans 12 too? It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be what? Transformed. Everybody say transformed. Come on, everybody. Transformed. I'm transformed how? By the renewing of my mind. Listen, when I gave my life to Christ, I just didn't all of a sudden get better looking. When I gave my life to Christ, I didn't all of a sudden gain 30 pounds of mass, muscle mass. Are you with me? When I gave my life to Christ, I didn't all of a sudden become smarter and my IQ go up. Come on. When I gave my life to Christ, I didn't all of a sudden get taller shorty i didn't all of a sudden get better at basketball or better at some other things that i might do when i gave my life to christ my spirit was changed it was renewed with god's spirit but now i go through a transformation process in my life and all of us those of us that are here that know jesus at our lord as our lord and savior we are on this transformation process I got news for you. Shelly's transformed in some areas a whole lot more than I'm transformed in those areas. Amen? I may be transformed less in some areas than you are in those areas. But our walk and our goal is to walk in the Spirit and allow the Spirit to teach us and allow the Spirit to train us and allow the Spirit to direct our steps. Because when we're talking about a man's walk, it's not just the way you walk. It's not where you go. But it is part of that. But it's about your words that you say. It's about your actions. It's about your thoughts. It, it's about everything that life itself brings. We walk in that. So we want the Holy Spirit to direct your steps everywhere you go. I know some people, my nose is itching, so hallelujah. I know some people that, that, that will continue. When they get knocked down, they'll get back up. When forgiveness is a big thing in walking in the Spirit, learning to forgive, learning to say, I know, guys, it's hard, but learning to say, I'm sorry, I messed up, I'm sorry. Can we try that? I'm sorry, everybody, I'm sorry, I messed up. Let's try it again. I'm sorry, I messed up. You know, when we are walking in the Spirit, when somebody apologizes, if they're doing something for me and they did it wrong or they broke something or I have guys that work for me sometimes, they do a great job and, and they, if they break a tool, they're like, I'm sorry, I broke the tool. And what do I do? I need to stay in the spirit because that tool probably would have broke if I was using it or if you were using it. So it's just part of the deal. It's like, okay, it's okay. Let's see about getting another one and, and then let's get you back working. Are you with me? Can I get an amen on that? So we've got to, when we look at that, we've got to begin to be willing in our walk to be able to, to, to allow God to direct our steps, to be able to say, I'm sorry, I messed up, 
Or, man, I didn't know how to do that. Or, man, I should have done that differently. Or, man, God, forgive me. I should have called this person when you laid them on my heart. Or I did call them. And you know what I mean? And then when you're walking in the Spirit, then you leave the results to God when you're walking in the Spirit. So we talked a little bit about how we want the Holy Spirit to direct our, our steps, to direct us. And He directs us through our soul. So when our transformation takes place, it's not my spirit that's being transformed. It has everything in it, and it's, it is with God. Are you with me? Everything within me, my spirit and his spirit becomes one in spirit. But it's my soul. When I'm being transformed, that transformation that takes place is the Greek word metamorphosis. And it's, uh, it's, it's where um, the larva becomes uh, uh, a caterpillar and it turns into a butterfly. Okay? There is an actual DNA change within that, that it becomes a, a different species of being. So when we're not to be conformed to the things of this world, but we're transformed by the renewing of our mind so that may be able to prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. The perfect will of God. So when we begin to start thinking about the transformation process, we're in it. We're in it. We're on it. Keep going. Turn to your neighbor and say, keep going. You just keep going. Come on. Come on. Tell them. Say, you keep going. You may have gotten knocked down, but you're going to get back up and you're going to keep moving again. You're going to get out of the flesh and into the spirit. Come on. You're going to walk in the spirit and be in the spirit and live in the spirit and operate in the spirit. And we talked a little bit about that in Romans 2. Romans 8, excuse me, 8, 2. It says, through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. Remember, we got my little whiteboard out and we looked at the, the spirit of law of life in Christ Jesus and we looked at the spirit of the law of sin and death. How many of you know life will trump death? Life will overcome death. Life will displace death when you operate in life. So we, we, we know that the Holy Spirit is life. And when he's talking about it, when Paul wrote Romans chapter 8, even in verse 2, when he talks about the spirit of life, that's a capital S. In your Bibles, you should look in there. When you see a capital S in the spirit, for the word spirit, it is the Holy Spirit. So it's the Holy Spirit that brings life. Y'all do know that we, the Trinity of God, the Father, Son, and... Okay, so that's the third person, the third dimension of God, the third aspect of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You'll look in there and you'll see the capital S. So we want, to, we want you to be able to operate in the freedom of God. You have the freedom to do the things that you want to do, that you can do, that you want to do, but make sure that they benefit you, right? Make sure that we're walking in the Spirit. So I love this translation, so I just pass this out to you. This is the Passion Translation of Romans chapter 8. And I want to go through and I want to read it. And if you'll give me a few minutes. Did everybody get one? We may have a few more. Do we have a few more, Richard? If you don't have one, would you just raise your hand? And I'm going to give you mine because I got mine on my iPad. Anybody not have one? Anybody else want one? I wanted to get this to you because not everybody has the, trans, the Passion Translation or you can always look it up. But I want us to look at that real quick. I want us to go through this. It won't be real quick. It'll be 20 or 30 minutes. But that may be quick for some of you. Um, the Passion Translation. Listen how this is and just follow along with me. In, in Romans chapter 6, 7, and 8... In Romans 6 and 7, we knew about the struggle that Paul was having. In chapter 7, Paul says, man, the things I want to do, I don't do. And the things that I don't want to do, I keep doing. <laughs> Anybody ever been there? <laughs> Maybe that's just me. It's like, hello, you know, my father, <laughs> my father was teaching me something, you know, and I kept hitting my thumb with the hammer, you know what I mean? It was like, kept hitting my thumb with the hammer. And he finally looked at me and he said, you might want to use the other side of that hammer. It was a ball-peen hammer, Terry. So I was using the ball-peen part and it kept bouncing off the head of the nail and it kept hitting my thumb and I had to change and use the flat part of the hammer on the other side in order to do it and to do it properly. So sometimes we keep doing the things over and over again. And Paul was talking about this 
this battle. I'm going to break it down and say it was the battle of him operating in the flesh or operating in the spirit by the Holy Spirit. And he struggles with this. And you can read it later, Romans chapter 5, 6, and 7. And he gets to that place where, guess what? In Romans chapter 8, it starts to clear it up. It's like, guess what? The Holy Spirit comes on the scene. In, in verse 8, or chapter 8, verse 1, he says, So now the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. For the law of the spirit of life flowing through the anointing of Jesus has liberated us from the law of sin and death. Come on, can we give the Lord a, a, a mighty hand clap of praise or something? I know you got papers in your hands, but somebody say thank you, Jesus. So we'll do it that way. Verse 3, for God achieved what the law was unable to accomplish because the law was limited by the weakness of human nature. So God, the Father, sent His Son in human form to identify with human weakness, clothed with humanity. God's Son gave His body to be the sin offering so that God could once and for all condemn the guilt and the power of sin. Oh, come on. Instead of clapping, how about we just say amen? Amen. amen. I'm just thinking, when I read, look, maybe because I was messed up. Maybe because I was a, a big sinner. Are you with me? Uh, some of y'all were little sinners, but I was a big sinner. We're all sinners. We're saved by God's grace. But I can look at that, and when I read these things about what Jesus has done for me and the power of the Holy Spirit and God the Father and how this thing was orchestrated for me, I look at it and I take this very personal. So he goes on and he, and he talks about um, in, in verse 3, the end of verse 3, let's see, closed us, humanity gave his son. Um, verse 4. So now every righteous requirement of the law can be fulfilled through the anointed one living his life in us. The spirit of the living God lives in us. Okay? Well, Jesus lives in you. Well, Jesus and the spirit, it's all part of the three in one, the father. But the Holy Spirit, here, listen to me, listen. Some theologies try to separate those things. But I'm not here to try to separate it, but I'm saying the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are three in one. So this Jesus, remember Jesus? Remember when he died and came back, rose again, came back, taught the disciples for 40 days. He was really there, 50, the Pentecost time. He, he went to heaven to be with the Father. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. Is everybody with me so far? He's seated at the right hand of the Father. Do you remember when Jesus told the disciples? He said, look, if I don't go, then I can't send the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the one who, who lives in us, who does the work in the earth. Oh, come on, somebody. Because Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, but guess who's seated with him? <laughs> We're seated with him also in heavenly places. And I, 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 I love that. And I, I love when he's talking about this dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. So Paul was really bringing forth the, the understanding, his understanding of the Spirit of God and how powerful he was. In verse 4 it says, So now every righteous requirement of the law can be fulfilled through the anointed one living his life in us. And we are free to live. You're free to live. Oh, but not according to the flesh. In other words, you got freedom, but you don't need to live according to the flesh if you really want life. And there is nobody here that doesn't really want a rich, full, abundant life. I mean, really, you might say, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm good, I'm good. Well, you may be saying that, but I don't believe that. I don't believe that deep in your heart you're good. But you want to be able to have that rich, full, abundant life. He says, we want to have this. We're free to live, not according to the flesh, but by the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. 
Verse 5, those who are motivated by the flesh only pursue what benefits themselves. Sound familiar? I've been there. But those of you that live by the impulses of the Holy Spirit are motivated to pursue spiritual realities. For the mind set of the flesh is death. But the mind set, controlled by the Spirit, finds life and peace. The world needs Jesus. The world needs a relationship with God. The world is not at peace. People are in unrest. And they're not at peace. And they need peace. And the true peace comes from knowing Jesus Christ. Otherwise, you're not going to have peace. I wish I could tell you, you may have it for a little while. Just like sin is really fun for a little while. But it gets old. Especially when you start walking in the Spirit, you're going to see those fleshly things are not as attractive as they used to be. Can I get an amen? He says, the, but the mindset controlled by the Spirit finds life and peace. I want you to have life. I want you to have peace. The Father wants you to have life. He wants you to have peace. He wants you to operate there. He wants you to live a good life. He knows there's going to be difficulty. He knows there's going to be opportunities. He knows there's going to be struggles. He knows there's going to be suffering. He knows there's going to be pain and hurt, but he also knows there's going to be joy. He also knows that there's going to be, that the Spirit of God is going to lead you and comfort you and help bring you through. Let me look at verse 7. In fact, the mindset focused on the flesh fights God's plan and refuses to submit his direction because it cannot. For no matter how hard they try, God finds no pleasure in those who are controlled by the flesh. I love verse 9. But when the Spirit of Christ empowers your life, you are not dominated by the flesh, but you are dominated by the Spirit. Come on, somebody. And I'm thinking, man, that's the kingdom of God right there. When we're not dominated by the flesh. I don't know about you, but there's times where my flesh dominated me. It had control over me. It took over on me. There's times where I've had to fight that flesh and it won time and time again, but not any longer. Not when I begin to walk in the Spirit. Not when I begin to connect with the goodness and the grace and the mercy of a loving God who loves me. And I can begin to walk out of the flesh and into the Spirit and have what the Spirit has. Can I get an amen? Okay, I'm preaching better than y'all amening out there. Dominated by the flesh, but we're, but, but the Spirit. And if you are not joined to the Spirit, the Anointed One, you're not of Him. Verse 10. Now Christ lives His life in you. He lives His life in you. How, how amazing is that? The God that created the heavens and the earth, that set things in motion... His Spirit lives in me. How amazing is that? I'm thinking, how does that happen? Uh, how does that happen? Scientists can't figure it out. Are you with me? But they have figured out that there's something that's changed in you when you receive Jesus Christ or you receive the Holy Spirit or you pray in the Holy Ghost. I mean, there is, there is things that we saw. We saw a scientific proof that when you pray in the Spirit of what it does to your brain, it, there's, there's actually, it actually activates part of your brain that I, that I think it talked about activating it in faith. That your faith begins to grow. Oh, come on, somebody. I believe that as science is, is, is beginning to be released and technology is being able to be released, they're going to verify more and more of the Word of God like that. That we're going to see that. It says, no matter how hard they try, uh, uh, verse 10, verse 11. Yes, God raised Jesus to life, and since God's spirit of resurrection lives in you, he will also raise your dying body to life by the same spirit that breathes life into you. So then, beloved ones, the flesh has no claims on us at all. Well, I'm just going to be in the flesh. It don't have any claim on you. 
You dominate it. It's not to dominate you. Turn to your neighbor and say, stay in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. Tell them, stay in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. Did I put down? Okay, verse 12. So then, I better put my finger over here so I don't lose my place. So then, beloved ones, the flesh has no claims on us at all. And we have no further obligation to live in obedience to it. I bolded this in mine. I hope it's bolded in yours. And we have no further obligation to live in obedience to it. We have no further obligation to live in obedience to it. You don't have any further obligation. There's no obligation because it's a family tradition. I used to try to drink as much as I could drink. My father worked for a brewery company. And he'd get real inexpensive beer and the refrigerator was always full of beer. And I thought, well, at 14, I'd just drink what I can drink. I, I got to help my dad out. And how many of you know, 15 years, 16, 17, I was drinking a lot. Oh, come on, somebody. And it was like, it's a family tradition. I got to help my dad stay in business. Are you with me? No, no, no. I had no obligation when I realized and understood that we have no further obligation to be obedient to that spirit that wants that thing because now I operate in the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit leads me and guides me and I no longer have to bow down to that thing. I can walk over it and say, no, you get back away from me in the name of Jesus. I am not doing that. Why? Because I'm a child of the Most High God. I don't have to go there. I don't have to be there. I'm not obligated to that anymore anymore and we cut off those things sometimes you just got to get some of those things cut off i just cut off any of those spirit of addiction and bondage that you guys are dealing with right now we just cut it off in the name of jesus we cut it off we cut it off we cut it off we cut it off we say you no longer operate you are no longer under any obligation to that spirit in jesus name hallelujah how about that how about that Wait a minute, I kind of liked my stuff. Now you just cut it off. <laughs> you, you walk in the Spirit, it'll be fine, right? It's okay that it, that it got cut off. So he said, verse 13, For when you live controlled by the flesh, you're about to die. But if the life of the Spirit puts to death the corrupt ways of the flesh, then when you taste His abundant life, sons and daughters of God, of, excuse me, destined for glory, the mature children of God, are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. Virginia was moved by the impulse of the Holy Spirit to call somebody. Are you with me? We've got to be more attentive to that. If we're going to be challenging you to walk in the Spirit, then I want you to be more attentive to what the Spirit of God is doing. We've got to get out of the natural mind and into the mind of Christ. Okay? And we're going to teach you how to do some of that. Some of that is taught, but some of it's caught. Okay? You know, the Bible that says in James, you've heard the saying, resist the devil and he will flee. Well, that's not all the Scripture. The first part is submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee. Because I know people that are resisting him and he ain't going nowhere. Because they haven't submitted themselves to God. And to me, it's like I'm submitting myself to the direction of the Holy Spirit. Then I can resist the devil and he's got to back off. Because I am submitted to the Spirit of the living God. So let me go on. And he says, you did not receive the spirit of religious duty leading back into the fear of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance enfolding you into the family of God and you will never feel orphaned. And as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection. Beloved Father. It's called Abba Father. Everybody say Abba Father. Abba Father. It's not, it's not a Greek word. It's an Aramaic word. And it's an intimacy 
of God. Daddy. Papa. Daddy. I have people that will, will call him Daddy God. Dad, Daddy. First time I, I, years and years ago, I was like, Daddy God? How do you get Daddy? Papa. Well, what happened is I didn't know and didn't understand that there was a deeper level for me to go to when I see my father or I can call him Daddy. I can call him Abba Father. Verse 16, for the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. How does God, according to this, I love this translation because it's like God whispers to us and says, hey, psst, you're my boy. You're my loved child. You're my loved daughter. Have you heard that? Start listening, girls, ladies, be listening. Guys, men, be listening. Because he's going to speak to you and he's going to say, you're my boy. You're my beloved son. I love you. He's going to begin to speak to us. Verse 17, and since we are his two true children, we qualify to share all of his treasures. This even gets better, man. If indeed we are the heirs of God himself. And since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. We will experience being co-glorified with him, provided that we accept his suffering. Verse 13, he talks a little bit about sufferings here. It says, I am convinced that any suffering we endure is less than nothing compared to the magnitude of of the glory that is about to be unveiled within us. The entire universe. I love how he puts this. I just kept thinking about the entire universe getting on his tippy toes. See, I'm short. Somebody like Shorty, you can just see over the fence. I got to always get on my tippy toes and, and look on it. And he, he goes on. Um, uh, where are we here? Verse 19. The entire universe is standing on tiptoe yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. It's about time you got to sons and daughters, Pastor Eric, because that's who you are. I'm preaching to some sons and daughters in the house today. Amen. Because you're going to be led by the Spirit, walked by the Spirit. You belong to Him, and you are His son and daughter. And all of creation is on its tippy toes. I wonder what Terry's going to do. <laughs> I wonder what Bryce is going to do. I wonder what Lon is going to do. You know what I mean? It's like, is he, is he going to operate and, and, and live and walk in the Spirit of God and operate in the things of God? I love it. It says, for against its will, the universe itself has had to endure the empty futility resulting from the consequences of human sin. But now, with eager expectation, all creation, longs for the freedom from its slavery to decay and to experience with us the wonderful freedom coming to God's children. To this day, we are aware of the universal agony and groaning of creation as if it were in the contractions of labor for childbirth. And it's not just creation. We who have already experienced the first fruits of the Spirit also outwardly groan as we passionately long to experience our full status as God's sons and daughters. We haven't experienced our full status. There's more for us to experience. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's more. There's more for you. He's got more for us, including our physical bodies being transformed, for this is the hope of our salvation. But hope means that we must trust and wait for what is still unseen. For why would we need hope for something we already have? So because our hope is set on what is yet to be seen, we patiently keep on waiting for its fulfillment. And in a similar way, the Holy Spirit takes hold of us in our human frailty to empower us in our weakness. How many of you know we're weak? We're weak. There's times of weakness we all have, but the Holy Spirit wants to empower you in the middle of your weakness. Can I get an amen? Okay, y'all still awake out there? Okay, turn to your neighbor and say, wake up. Here we go. We got to keep awake. So because our hope is set on what is yet to be seen, we patiently wait on waiting for, keep on waiting for its fulfillment. 
In the similar way, the Holy Spirit takes hold of us in our human frailty and powers in our weakness. For example, at times we don't even know how to pray or know the best things to ask. But the Holy Spirit rises up within us to super intercede on our behalf, pleading to God with emotional sighs too deep for words. God, the searcher of the heart, knows fully our longings, yet he also understands the desire of the Spirit because the Holy Spirit passionately pleads before God for us, his holy ones, in perfect harmony with God's plan and our destiny. So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into a perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. God wants to bring good into your lives. Come on, will you receive it? God wants to bring good into your lives. And I, 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 I didn't want to receive it. I, I thought maybe I needed to suffer. Tatum, you and the team want to come on up? I thought maybe I just needed to suffer a little bit more. All these different things that religion was teaching me. That I wanted to come to that place that, that you know what? God, good, God wants to bring good into our lives. He goes on and it says, For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his designed purpose. For he knew all about us before we were born. This is you he's talking about. And he destined us from the beginning to share the likeness of his son. This means the son is the oldest, talking about Jesus, among a vast family of brothers and sisters who will become just like him. Having determined our destiny ahead of time, he has called us to himself and transferred his perfect righteousness to everyone he called. And those who possess his perfect righteousness, he co-glorified with his son. God's triumph, the triumph of God's love. Verse 31, it says, so what does all this mean? If God has determined to stand with us, tell me, and who could ever stand against us? Oh, come on. Did you hear that? I mean, is God your God? And he's standing with you? Then whatever you're going through, you're going to get through it. For God has proved his love by giving us the great, greatest treasure, the gift of his son. And since God freely offered him up as a sacrifice for us all, he certainly won't withhold from us anything else that he has to give us. Come on. That's where the enemy in the Garden of Eden tried to have Eve think that God was withholding something from her. Did God really say that you can't eat from that tree? He was trying to get her to question that. And I mean, does it with us too? There's no doubt. Trying to get you to question some things too. But if God is for us, then who can be against us? Amen. Who then would dare to accuse those whom God has chosen in love to be his? God himself is the judge who has issued his final verdict over them. You know what the final verdict is? Come on, everybody. Not guilty. Say it with me. Not guilty. But I messed up. You are not guilty. But I sinned and I've fallen. You are not guilty. But I, you don't understand what I did. I did something so bad that God can't forgive me. I'm here to tell you, you have been pronounced the verdict over your life, and it is not guilty. That's what we get? Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. It's not guilty. Now, maybe it was just me because I struggled with some things. And I thought, how can he say it's not guilty when I know I'm guilty? That's God's grace. That's how much he loves us. Listen to this. Let me go on right here real quick. He says, who then is left to condemn us? Certainly not Jesus, the anointed one, for he gave his life for us. And even more than that, he has conquered death and is now risen, exalted, and enthroned by God at the right hand. So how could he possibly condemn us since he is continually praying for our triumph? Whew. Whoever could separate us from the endless love of God's anointed one? Absolutely no one. No one. For nothing in the universe, listen to this, nothing in the universe has the power to diminish his love toward us. Troubles, pressures, problems are unable to come between us and heaven's love. What about persecutions 
deprivations, dangers, death threats. No, for they are all impotent to hinder the omnipotent love, even though it is written. And he goes on and he talks about uh, scripture in Psalms, verse 37. Yet even in the midst of all these things, we triumph over them all. For God has made us to be more than conquerors. And his demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. I mean, I just like, oh, I can overcome this. I don't know what you're dealing with, but you can overcome what you need to overcome with when you're walking in the Spirit and you're allowing God to do the work in you. Verse 38, we're almost done. So now I live with the confidence that there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. I am convinced that His love will triumph over death, life's troubles, fallen angels, dark rulers in heaven. There is nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken His love. There is no power above us or beneath us, no power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love which He has lavished on us through the Lord Jesus Christ, the Anointed One. Come on, put your papers down and let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. So we've been taught just the opposite. We've been taught that God's punishing us. We've been taught that He's going to take you out back behind the woodshed and whoop your hiney. I'm here to tell you, the Word of God disciplines me. Because that's what the scripture says. It's the word that'll teach us. It's the word that'll train us. It's the word of God that does those things. See, with this song, the blessing, we're gonna we're gonna have a time where we're gonna break it down, scripture, and we're gonna sing this song because this is the word of God. We're actually singing the word of God. And then numbers is part of that, this 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 song. But I want us to begin to look and say, wait a minute. If God is for me, who can be against me? And all things are possible to him that what? Believe. See, what's happened is we quit believing. We quit operating by faith. Well, it didn't work, so I quit doing it. No, no, I'm here to tell you, pick it back up again. I'm here to tell you, continue to operate on faith again. Begin to step out again. Do it one more time. Pray one more time. Believe one more time. Have faith for one more day. Come on, and take one day at a time. And you watch and see what the Spirit of the living God, walk in the Spirit one more time. Be hearing the, the voice of God one more time. Be obedient to what He wants to do, right? One more time. As you're obedient, then you'll begin to walk in those things that God has for us. That's the God that we serve. He's made some promises for us. And we, we say it's yes and amen. But we're saying yes to what? There's blessings that we have. And I want us to sing this song about the blessing. Let's just, before we go home, let's just begin to worship the Lord. Let's just begin to lift Him up. What issues you got going on? What situations are you up against? Maybe you've struggled with your faith. Maybe you've struggled with belief. Maybe you're here and you don't even know Jesus. We can introduce him to you. You felt something and it's not about how we feel because I receive him by faith. And I walk in the spirit by faith. Maybe you're here today and you just say, Pastor, I just need Jesus. I want to I be able to walk in the spirit. I want to have those things that Jesus had. I want to have the peace that I need to have. I'm struggling in my life. I want to have the wisdom that I need to have. I'm struggling being a wife or a, 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 a husband or a father or, or, or just, just struggling in, in general. Dealing with issues in your life. The society that we get involved in. And that's you. We just want you to begin to lift your hands to the Lord. We're going to be able to come up in just a few minutes and pray for you. But I want you to just begin to lift the Lord. So let me just bring the lights down and let's just begin to stand and just, just begin to worship the Lord out of a pure heart. Let's just begin to lift Him up. Thank you, Lord God, for the Holy Spirit who's coming and shaping and changing us and molding us and bringing us to the place where we're transformed into Your image and Your likeness. In Jesus' name, let's, let's worship the Lord. Lord bless you and keep you.
his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. The Lord bless you.
just close your eyes just a moment, if you will, just close your eyes. I just want you to focus on God, because I just need to ask a question. If you're here today, and you're not in the family of God, and you want to change that, I just want you to slip your hand up to me, and I want to pray for you. Anybody here want to make a decision to follow Christ today? I see you. I see, I see both of you. I see both of you. Thank you, Lord. Every eye closed moment, just, just let's just be obedient to the Spirit of God. God's not to here to embarrass you, but it's just a great decision you make today. Is it, could I get you guys to just to come on up here front? Let me just pray for you. Come right up here, if you will. Every eye closed, please, as they come. Come on, sis. Come on. You can come, too. You can come, too. We'd love to have you. We'd love to have you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Courtney, did they come with you? You want to come with them? You want to come with them? Hi, how are you? I'm just going to pray with her. You guys just continue to sing. I'm just going to lead her in a prayer to the Lord. And, and um, we just want you to know that you are amazing. You know what? The enemy has, you know, just tried to, to steal and kill and destroy, but you know that it's the decision is now that the Lord has. All you got to do is just ask him to come into your heart. Just repent. Basically, ask for forgiveness and say, God, come into my heart. Invite Jesus into your heart. And the Holy Spirit will move inside of you. And you'll become one with him in spirit. And you can do that at home. I know people that have done it on their truck. I know people that have done it in the tractors. I know people that have done it at their workplace. People have done it in their bedrooms in the middle of the night. All sorts of times. As the Spirit of God is moving, just let Him move upon your life. Just begin to receive Him. And then send us an email through our website to be able to let us know the decision that you made. I just want to pray for everybody today. Father, we just thank You. I thank You that we are blessed and highly favored. And we do ask you to continue to help us and strengthen us today. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for moving in such a great way today. We thank you for the angels in heaven that are rejoicing for the decisions that have been made to increase the family of God and now to be able to walk in the Spirit. We just thank you for that right now. We believe that and we receive that right now. 